Hello, I'm Aaron Lohr, and this is the Endocrine News Podcast. One thing I love the most about this podcast is sharing research about fascinating new technologies, and we have a great one today. So great, in fact, that we need two guests to address it properly. Today we're talking about an orally administered robotic pill that can deliver human parathyroid hormone analog PTH-134, also known as teriparatide. We'll be looking at two studies presented at ENDO 2023. The first is titled Pharmacokinetics and Pharmacodynamics of the Parathyroid Hormone Analog PTH-134 teriparatide, delivered via an orally administered robotic pill. Our first guest is an author of that study, Dr. Kyle Horland from Ronnie Therapeutics. The second study we're looking at is titled An Orally Administered Robotic Pill Reliably and Safely Delivers the Human Parathyroid Hormone Analog HPTH-134 teriparatide with High Bioavailability in Healthy Human Volunteers, a Phase 1 Study. Our second guest is an author of that study, Josh Myers, also from Ronnie Therapeutics. Dr. Horlin, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having us. We're very excited to share this data with your audience. Wonderful. And Josh, thank you for being here today. Uh, thank you as well. I second what Kyle said. Seems like we're all on the same page, so we better get started. <laughs> what is teriparatide and how, why is it used? So teriparatide is a parathyroid hormone analog. Uh, it consists of 34 amino acids, so a little bit shorter than the native hormone, which is 84 amino acids. Uh, but it does represent the bioactive form of that protein. It is commonly known by the name Forteo and is used for the treatment of osteoporosis. So just like the native hormone, it's responsible for building bone and increasing bone mineral density. The most common population for treatment is postmenopausal women who are at high risk for fracture. And both of your studies look at delivery of teriparatide via a robotic pill. Now, before we get to that, first, why do we need new delivery methods? Yeah, so biologic drugs like teriparatide uh, must be given by an injection. And we all know that you know, patients prefer pills over needles. So needle aversion can lead to missed or delayed treatments and preventative care. Uh, the long-term administration of injections represents a real serious burden, and it interferes with the comfort and quality of life and compliance with therapy. Furthermore, parenteral delivery of drugs is complicated by a modest incidence of SAE, serious adverse events, and infections in particular. So to really better understand patient and physician experiences with injections, Ronnie contracted with a third party firm to complete a couple surveys. So in our first survey, we talked to more than 500 patients and more than 100 physicians. And in that survey, we saw that 62% of patients and 86% of physicians reported that patients either skip their injection or consistently fail to inject drugs as prescribed. And then further, the report also showed when you separate by the physician uh, subspecialties, 70 to 92% of physicians believe that transitioning from an injection to a pill would significantly increase patient compliance. Then in another survey we did, the strikingly apparent preference that patients have for an oral route versus uh, injections was revealed. In that survey, we found that among patients who take an injectable medication as infrequently as twice a year, so such as prolia, which is also used for the treatment of osteoporosis, about 76% of them would rather take a pill every day than continue that current frequent, uh, that current infrequent injection regimen. 
Um, as the injection frequency increased, the percentage of patients who reported preference for a pill actually increased as well. So really in short, those surveys showed that eliminating injections and replacing them with a pill can influence treatment pathways, long-term adherence, and ultimately clinical outcomes. And frankly, there's really just an unmet need for women. There are millions of women out there who could benefit from teriparatide, but only about 70,000 of them are actually being treated with the injections currently. And so one could assume that, you know, switching from an injection to a pill would make the treatment more appealing to osteoporotic women. So I think at this point, what a lot of listeners are probably wondering is, okay, pill sounds better, robotic pill sounds interesting, how does it work? So the Ronnie pill is a robotic pill, which you can essentially think of as a swallowable auto-injector. The pill is a standard pharmaceutical capsule about the size of a calcium pill. The Ronnie pill is swallowed with a glass of water and passes through the stomach protected by an enteric coating until it reaches the small intestine. There, as the capsule disintegrates, a simple Alka-Seltzer type reaction occurs that inflates a small balloon and stabilizes and aligns a micro syringe. Then it injects the medication into the intestinal wall using a dissolvable microneedle. The small intestine is insensitive to pain, so the patient does not feel this, and then the highly vascular intestinal wall rapidly absorbs the drug. Amazing. So now what everyone's probably wondering is, is it doing what it's supposed to be doing? Is it safe? Is it, is it efficient? And that's what your two studies are going to be looking at. So let's look at them one at a time. So your studies look at the pharmacokinetics, pharmacodynamics, safety, and efficacy of delivering teriparatide via this robotic pill. Can you tell us about your studies? Sure. So teriparatide is a well-known drug with a long clinical history. So while there are a lot of knowns for this drug, Ronnie presented a unique delivery method that could have altered the pharmacokinetic profile. And teriparatide is a drug where the PK can have a large out effect on the outcome, on the clinical outcome. So plasma drug concentrations need to rise and then fall quickly to build bone. If there's prolonged exposure, then bone loss can result. So our non-clinical studies compared the PK profile of teriparatide delivered with the Ronnie pill versus subcutaneously administered Forteo in dogs. We like to use dogs for these studies because they're easily trained to swallow the Ronnie pill and their GI anatomy and physiology is similar enough to humans. Hmm. We followed that with a study in overreactomized rats, which are a well-established model for osteoporosis. In this case, we could not give the Ronnie pill due to its size but we administered our drug formulation as an intraperitoneal injection, which we'd previously shown is an equivalent PK to the Ronnie pill. So in these studies, we saw that teriparatide delivered via the Ronnie pill had a similar PK profile to the subcutaneously administered Forteo and was osteoanabolic, just like the Forteo. But what was really interesting was that the absolute bioavailability was also similar to the controls, which is truly remarkable for mm. oral delivery of a, of a large molecule. Historical efforts to deliver biologics orally have only achieved single-digit bioavailability. For example, ribelsis, uh, which is an oral formulation of semaglutide, only has 1% bioavailability. So while that's been very successful in the treatment of diabetes, it has not been as successful for treatment in weight management and obesity, where injection is still required to achieve therapeutic effect. Josh? Yeah. So similar to the non-clinical study, our actual clinical study was designed to evaluate the safety, tolerability, and also look at PK profiles of teriparatide delivered with the Ronnie pill in healthy volunteers, and we conducted that phase one study in Australia. In that study, we looked at two different doses of RT-102 and also had a control using the standard Forteo subcutaneous injection. So in the study, all participants were able to tolerate the Ronnie pill extremely well. There were no adverse events, no serious adverse events related to the capsule. 
and the drug was successfully delivered by the Ronnie pill in about 90% of the doses. The PK results in humans are very similar to what we saw in the non-clinical study. We had robust and re reproducible PK profiles, and we show a bioavailability about three to four-fold higher than the SE injections. So what we thought is that these data suggest that the Ronnie pill has the potential to replace current injection therapy for the treatment of osteoporosis. So we're talking a little bit about results and findings, but I just wanted to give you a chance to share with us, you know, is there anything else from your findings that you know, are, are notable, anything that maybe even surprised you? Not so much in the findings, but one thing that is kind of remarkable about the Ronnie pill is that it's really agnostic to drug. So hmm. while these studies focused on uh, teriparatide and osteoporosis, the Ronnie pill is capable of delivering really any drug platform, be it a peptide or protein or even monoclonal antibodies. So what's the next step for teriparatide you know, delivered via this robotic pill? Yeah, so our next steps are to establish a dose that provides a pharmacodynamic response comparable to subcutaneous injection. And we're gonna do that in longer term studies. This will be established in a phase two study that will begin later this year. I love looking to the future too, every time you have someone on, because I know that this is a journey that we're on. So how do you see your research shaping the future of osteoporosis treatment? Ultimately, we want to improve clinical outcomes and by removing the barriers created by the daily self-injection, we expect to improve patient compliance and adherence to a proven effective treatment strategy. But as I mentioned earlier, it's really beyond osteoporosis, so since we can deliver a wide range of biologics. In fact, one of our colleagues presented data for delivery of follicle-stimulating hormone here at Indo this year, uh, and we're actually undertaking a phase one evaluation of ustikanab, a monoclonal antibody for psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis later this year. I mean, in, in Really, in summary there, we truly seek to kind of transform medicine, remove needles, and really uh, be a first-line option for treatment when biologics are prescribed. I think that'd make a lot of people pretty happy. I think so. <laughs> Great. So we're just about out of time. Dr. Horland, Josh, uh, thank you both for sharing your work with us here today. Thank, thank you. you. It's been great. Yeah. And that's all for this episode. If you're like me and you get excited learning about new tech, I encourage you to check out a news conference the Endocrine Society held at Endo 2023, all about hormones and technology. There are some fascinating presentations there and I think you'll enjoy and we'll include a link to the video recording in today's episode description. Until next time, thanks for listening. Endocrine News Podcasts are a free service of the Endocrine Society. To learn more or to become a member, visit the Society's website at www.endocrine.org.